Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. I'm Joy Dooling, and you are listening to the Joy of Membership podcast. This podcast is for membership leaders. So we talk about strategies for attracting, engaging, and retaining members. But that's not entirely the focus of the show, because let's be honest here, there is no shortage of advice out there on best practices in membership. What we need to talk about is how to actually make those things possible in the real world, how to be absolutely sure that growth practices are going to stick, how to make those things easier, more consistent, and even automatic in some cases. Sound good? Then stick around because we're about to jump into it. here, host of the Joy of Membership podcast. Welcome to this week's episode. Does your organization provide administrative support for your board members or your key committees to help them do their jobs? If you do, that's awesome. But there are a lot of organizations that don't, especially if the organization runs lean on staff. A volunteer leader kind of becomes not just the project leader, but also the administrative assistant, the marketer, the communicator, the meeting planner for whatever area that he or she is responsible for. This week's guest is Denise Kagan, who is president of DCA Virtual Business Support. Denise's company has actually been providing behind-the-scenes administrative support for associations and other types of businesses for many years. If you haven't given thought before to the possibility of providing some type of administrative support to your key volunteer leaders, today's conversation may spark some new ideas. I'll be curious to hear what you think, but for now, let's jump into the chat with Denise. Hey, Denise, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Thank you, Joy. It is my pleasure. Why don't we start with you sharing who you are and who you help? So Denise Kagan, my company name is DCA Virtual Business Support. As the name suggests, we support small business owners. But in addition to small business owners, generally the ones who are growing and scaling, we also support nonprofits and associations. Awesome. So you're very familiar with the challenges that uh, my audience of listeners faces. Absolutely. (laughs) So this week's theme is um, supporting your board so that um, these volunteer uh, leaders can, in turn, support your organization and help you grow. So can you share a little bit about why you've come to see that as important for membership-based organizations? Well, you said one of the key words, volunteer. Many of the association and nonprofit leadership boards are volunteers. There may be a paid director or another executive director or some other title in there, but for the most part, they're volunteers. That means they have full-time jobs. And so they need the support so that they can focus on their niche area. There is a reason they are on the board. So support can come in a lot of different ways. So say, for instance, you have a board member who's responsible for programming. So their expertise should lie in 
those connections to pull in great speakers, great topics, things that are relevant for their membership. It shouldn't be in all those communication emails that need to go out and ask to schedule a meeting to discuss those things or, or the reminder meetings or the communications with the guest that says, hey, this is your link for our, or here's where you need to be or can we have your background materials? So the support is really so that they can focus on their key areas. Well, I often find that for my clients, if I were actually sitting on their board, it's almost like taking on another job. I mean, it is another job and that job can get bigger and bigger, especially if a board member is really good. It's almost like the more you do as a board member, the more it gets sent your way. I would agree. I've been on a couple of boards, a nonprofit, a couple of professional associations, and I, I would agree. I was a chapter leader in one. In one, I was a special events director. So it, you're right. And, and sometimes it's a challenge finding volunteers. So having professional administrative support so that you can focus on all those other things really does make sense. I was thinking back to my time as a special events coordinator for uh, Nabo Charlotte and finding the volunteers for, say, the golf tournaments, those sorts of things where we were raising funds, that was a challenge. So if I had some professional support to help me with the things along the way, I may have been able to have a further reach. So what sorts of supports might an organization think about having for their board members, their committee chairs, their volunteer leaders? So it could be it would be different per role. So say, for instance, a communications uh, director, they may want assistance with formatting and sending out their weekly, monthly, bi-monthly e-blasts, okay? They may want, what's the equivalent of customer service calls? So calling the members and doing a short survey with them. What do you find value in? It's more than just sort of transactional type of tasks. It, it can be relational. That survey is one of them. So creating and finding out what is of value for members so they can manage their programming the way that they need to. Say, for instance, for a special events quarter coordinator, it may be helping to line up speakers, scheduling those things, as I mentioned, setting up a registration site, putting information on the website so that people can connect to the registration site and have information about the speaker, the event in general. So those are just some of the things that, that can be done. Denise, I'm curious, one of the things as the owner of a small business myself, one of the things that I've often heard when you're looking at hiring some type of administrative support is that you kind of make a list of all the things that are taking your time. And then you can kind of go down that list and see what might be able to be offloaded onto some sort of support. Theoretically, you could do the same thing with board members. I think sometimes we look at a committee member or a board member having responsibility for this area. But if you haven't actually done that job, you don't know all of the nuances of what goes into that. It's just a big amorphous blob of a job. <laughs> so theoretically, you could have your committee members or board members and do the same thing. Like what's actually involved in pulling off the different aspects of their responsibilities. Absolutely. So it's interesting because when I have new clients come to me that know they need help, but they don't know exactly what they need us to do, or 
in some cases, they're having trouble <laughs> releasing the reins. <laughs> the one thing I say is like, hey, put a notepad by your desk. I know this is old school, but put it by your desk. And every time you have an idea of, oh, I dread doing this, write it down because that's something you could potentially give to us. With associations, it works slightly differently in that because it is a volunteer board and it switches annually, biannually, their most important thing is documenting procedures. But it starts with a similar list. So the communications manager, this is what I do on a monthly, daily, weekly basis, okay? These are the things I can hand off. Now, let's get a, a, a standard operating procedure in place. And we do help associations with that because that helps the continuity of the organization, no matter who changes out, whether it's our team member that changes out or their board member that changes out. Well, that was the word that immediately jumped to mind as you were speaking with continuity. And that is a challenge for small organizations where the people who sit in those key roles tends to transition every year, two years, three years. So being able to have that documentation and those procedures that the next person knows exactly what to do based on the procedure and not based on the previous person having to remember every little thing to tell them. Because we all know people have different attention to detail. We have different abilities to communicate and something might be super easy for us and we just do it naturally and we don't even think to communicate it to the next person. And then balls end up getting dropped because of just that gap between the communication in the two people. No, I definitely agree. And that's something we strive for regardless of who our client is, is just making sure there's that continuity and ability to document what it is that we're doing if they don't start with procedures. Some of our clients and associations actually come to me with a list, bullet pointing everything, saying this role, this is the support they need, this role, this is the support they need. But even within that, sometimes the procedures are not clear. Can you talk a little bit about what it looks like for an association or a trade group or a nonprofit to work virtually with someone who's playing the support role? Absolutely. So you have to think in terms of what can be done behind the scenes. Today's day and age with technology, the majority of things can be done behind the scenes. I am currently working on a gala for a military veteran foundation in um, North Carolina. And that's where I used to live. I don't live in North Carolina anymore. So in this particular instance, it's sort of a little bit of a transition. I'm still handling all of the marketing. I'm still handling all of the registration. I'm still handling a lot of the outreach. The on-site event planner is handling event walkthroughs, working with AV crew, the things that need to be done, picking up silent auction items. So I partnered with someone that I'm very familiar with in that area and said, hey, I really need somebody to take over this in-person stuff. So the majority of those things we are still able to do. We can set up your registration. We can handle all the communications going out. We can handle lining up speakers. We can do your graphic design for your flyer, whatever it is that's needed at the table. Most times there's some type of program. So we can handle that. Believe it or not, we can handle the printing of it too and how to ship it to you. <laughs> I mean, it's just after having been in this space for a while, we get very creative. We partner with mail houses. If you need physical mailings, we partner with printers that will deliver stuff directly to you. 
So there's a lot of ways that you can get this done, even with remote support. I do think it's a little easier for people today to envision remote support after everything that we've been through over the past 18 months or so. So many people have had to translate their own jobs to being remote that you know, it's easier today to envision having remote support than it was perhaps two years ago. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, this year marks our 10-year anniversary, so we are not new to this rodeo. <laughs> but it, I would get pushback sometimes from clients like, you know, that, hey, I want to meet you in person. Hey, I want, it was like face-to-face -face on Zoom is the same as in person. We just don't get to shake hands. I've been working virtually since 2005, and it just becomes something that is second nature to work with all the remote tools and use Zoom and phone calls and you know, things like that. You don't necessarily have to have your support working right outside your office door anymore. And you're not limited to that location as far as talent. You have a much larger talent pool. So if somebody in Charlotte, North Carolina doesn't have what you need, you could go anywhere else you want to go. If you have a preference for staying in the same time zone, you still just opened up nine or 10 different states. Denise, I'm curious with your experience, if you have any helpful tips about two pain points for working with boards and supporting boards, putting together board packets in a timely manner and getting the meeting minutes, things like that out after the meeting in a timely manner. How can you help around those two pain points? The first one was board packets. Like pre-packets, agendas, materials, things like that that need to go out for people to pre-review before they come into a meeting? So uh, as far as from the functional standpoint of how we would support that, the, the pre-agenda items would be created immediately after the minutes went out from the prior meeting and then added to, okay? So Clearly, there'll be things that come out of a meeting that need an action plan. So when you have a meeting, we would be there. We would either take minutes at the meeting or have you record it, do the meeting minutes from the recording. With that would also be bullet points of this person discussed this and it's to be done by this date based on the conversation, not on our subjectivity, but just on whatever occurred in your board meeting. And then we would hand those out via email communication, however, that 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 organization disseminates their information. We also would support in between by setting up tasks if necessary, or if they have that system in place, something like Asana or Trello, or it could be even just a Google Calendar reminder. It could be as simple as that. So so there's the kind of the in-between in support also. And then, like I said, we would actually start the information they need for the next meeting based on what was in that prior meeting as well as if we're managing the to-dos in between a progress report of that. And, and then, of course, request what else needs to be on this agenda. We would create that, get it sent out so that everybody has it, ideally minimum of 48 hours in advance. You know what I love about that answer, Denise, is that I asked you about two completely different points on the spectrum, and you connected all the dots in between so naturally. And that's the sign of someone who is you know, truly accustomed to putting this all together in a way that makes sense for the board members and committee members who participate. So I love that. Oh, thank you.
if an organization thinks that they might be interested in exploring board support, maybe rethinking how they how they handle the secure point for board members, where should they start? Where's a good place to begin? So they should start putting together what their needs are, okay, before they start talking to people and then start talking to people. One of the best ways is reach out to other organizations. Who do you use? What have you found to be successful? Most of us love to have referrals, people that we know, like, and trust. If they're referring someone to us, there's that transferred no like, and trust factor there. So reach out to people. They can certainly reach out to, to my company as well. I'm always happy to have a conversation that doesn't obligate anybody to anything. It's just a conversation. Awesome. How can people reach out to have that conversation? They can go to my website, dcavirtual.com. That's D as a dog, C as in cat, A as an apple, and the word virtual. You can email me directly, denise at dcavirtual.com. And you can connect with me on uh, LinkedIn. First name is Denise, last name is Kagan with a C. Well, thank you so much, Denise. I really appreciate you being here to talk about this you know, critical topic. These board members perform such important work for organizations and figuring out how to support them and how to make their job easier so they don't get burnt out and they can actually do the work that's really important for them to do is just, it's just important. So thank you for sharing your expertise around this. Oh, I appreciate you asking me. Thank you so much, Joy. Joy here, back with a few thoughts about this week's episode. You know, I found myself after this conversation with Denise, just mulling over all the various ways that we might be able to help our board members and committee members help us. Because quite frankly, if we make their job easier and they do their job more effectively, it in turn kind of makes our job easier as well as we're trying to run and grow the membership program. So there were a few ideas that popped into my head right away. First of all, I think setting up a way to securely access key documents is super helpful and super important. I know a lot of organizations still use email as the primary way that they communicate important information out to board members. But when it comes to things like prepping for meetings or follow-up documents that have to be sent out after meetings, those can tend to get lost. And we've all had that dreaded experience of having to search through a gazillion emails to find the one piece that you're actually looking for. Or you're looking through your email and a document has been sent out and you're really not sure if you've found the latest version in your email. So one of the ways that we can make it easier for our board members to do their jobs is by providing a secure place for the latest documents to sit. So they always know exactly where they can go to pick those up. Another way that we can make being a board member or being a committee member easier is by keeping those folks updated with mini trainings that are provided in an easy to digest format. The difference is you bringing people in for a 
large, lengthy training that you know, then you have to struggle to find, okay, when is a date that everybody can do it together? And some people miss it. And then you have to go back and circle back and see who missed it, and retrain them. So if you can break your training requirements down into smaller, more digestible snippets, maybe like 10 minutes, if, if people can watch little snippets of training in 10 minute sittings, that is so much easier easier for everybody than trying to coordinate calendars and come up with a time that matches for a a longer period of time. A third way that you can help your board and committee members do their job is by giving them an integrated way to communicate with members. So, you know, you may be able to engage them in some way in whatever system you are using for emailing. You may be able to provide them with some sort of committee space where messages can be posted relative to that particular committee or that particular work group, but giving them a way to stay connected and communicate with each other and become part of the association or the nonprofits communication around that project can also be helpful and it can really make your committees more effective rather than everybody trying to use their own individual email systems to do things. And then finally, a piece that many organizations don't do on a frequent enough basis, but can really help board members and committee members do a better job for you is providing a mechanism for self-evaluation and having a way for that self-evaluation to happen on a regular basis. Time can slip by really quickly. So a board member may not even be conscientious of the fact that they have missed the last three meetings or that four months have gone by since they did any sort of warm, friendly welcome to new members who have joined. Just, you know, you blink your eyes and weeks pass by. And I think that's just a natural part of being human and living in the very busy world that we live in. So if you can regularly ask leaders to reflect on how they've contributed recently and what they're planning to do in the future, it just keeps people thinking about that. It also gives you a way to acknowledge what they've been doing that you may not even be aware happened. A lot of times the jobs that these volunteer leaders do fly under the radar. It's like an, it's like an iceberg. You see the tip of it up above, but there's a whole lot of work that's happening underneath the water. And it's easy to miss that amount of work that's happening. So giving them a way to self-reflect and self-evaluate also gives you the opportunity to reach out and thank them for work that may have otherwise gone unacknowledged. So those are just a few ideas that popped into my head after this conversation with Denise. I'd be really curious to hear what thoughts popped into your head. So be sure to drop me a line and let me know. 
Now, if this idea of supporting your board in different ways is interesting to you and you'd like to explore it a little further, I'm actually doing a live training on Thursday. This is part of my regular weekly training, my Care Points series, where I show you how to use Journey Care as a platform to make a particular thing easier in their membership. And this week, because we've been talking about supporting your board, I'm going to show some ways that Journey Care can help you do that. So things like how you can set up a quick and easy board portal, how you can set up quick and easy board communication mechanisms, how you can set up workflows that involve your board members. So if you are interested in seeing how some of that might work, please come on to the training on Thursday. We do a different topic every single week. You can always find all of the upcoming topics at journeycare.app slash training. That's journeycare.app. A is an apple, P is in Paul, P is in Paul, not.com dot app slash training. So that brings us to a wrap on this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Denise. I will be back next week with another episode. And that one is going to focus on dealing with difficult members. Every organization has them. If you've been leading a membership organization for any length of time at all, you've probably run across someone who is just difficult to please no matter what you do. So like most weeks, we will have a special guest on that topic. And I'll also be doing a live training in follow up to the podcast, where we will be looking at ways that you can solicit feedback and use journey care to make that process simpler. So I'll see you back here next week. And in the meantime, take care. Hey there, you made it all the way to the end. Bravo to you. I'm back in just one last time to remind you that there's a free one-page PDF available over at the website that shows you more than 20 ways that technology could be supporting your efforts to attract, engage, and retain more members. It's actually broken down into the stages of the member journey, so you'll know exactly where each piece fits. And everything that's on that one pager can actually be automatically done for you with software that costs less than $1,000 per year. So if you haven't already grabbed it, you can get your copy at joyofmembership.com slash tech, joyofmembership.com slash tech, T-E-C-H. Have a great week and I'll see you next time.